So hello and welcome everybody to this uh, very first episode of the Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk. Um, I'm here, Aurélien, I go by Ori, I'm with Glenn and Darcy. The three of us combine almost 40 years of experience investing in real estate and a few months back we started getting together uh, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and we're talking about real estate investing and we figured we may as well record ourselves and people may find some value in the content we produce. So therefore, uh, our first episode today where we will introduce ourselves and every week we will cover a different topic. So I'll get with, uh, I'll ask my, my co-host, uh, Glenn. Glenn, would you like to please introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, I'm Glenn Sutherland. Uh, I also host my own podcast, Canadian Investing in the U.S. Um, but it's going to be a little bit different for this show. Um, I am going to bring in some of my elements and my expertise. So I would like to talk a lot about uh, distance real estate investing, uh, cross-border real estate investing. Actually, all of us are distance real estate investors. None of us, we're, we're all investing in different provinces, different states. Um, and I also want to talk a little bit, you know, eventually into like raising some money and you guys are all pros at that too and setting up joint ventures and different structure systems and maybe some uh, systems and how we can actually scale this to be doing, you know, more than one house at a time. People always ask like, how, how did I get into the US stuff? And basically what happened was I was doing a lot of investing basically in my backyard. I would buy single family homes, we'd renovate them and then put tenants in them, uh, the typical Burr method. And I had several in Cambridge and Kitchener and Waterloo. And what happened was one of my tenants in my duplex, best tenant I ever had, had to move. Uh, and they had to move three hours away. And once they moved, I was like, I want to keep them as a tenant. I bought them another house in Strathroy, Ontario, other side of London from, if you're coming from Toronto side, other side of London. And from there, I got used to distance. And back in the day, it was all about, uh, you know, when you start, I was used to listen to podcasts, it used to be all American based podcasts. I learned a lot about the American market and I'm the kind of guy that I jump first and then I'll figure out the, the fine details later. So I jumped into the US market and First was basically not running a business. I was investing, but I wasn't running a business. And slowly, as I figured out all the pieces, I made it uh, a repeatable system. And we've slowly grown it to actually be a business where we can buy houses all the time. We're, we're constantly buying, constantly selling, constantly refinancing. And it wasn't something I could just jump into off the start, uh, but it's built to that. And it was all it's a mind state. And once I got comfortable with some distance, I got comfortable with managing people over the phone instead of actually physically being there, which is a huge hurdle. Um, the, the business has expanded a lot. And a lot of people like whenever we were asking beforehand, how long have you been investing in real estate? And I'm like, well, almost 10 years from when I bought my first rental property was just in, I think, a couple months from now. So almost at the 10 year mark. But at that point, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was investing in real estate, but I wasn't running a business. The whole business side didn't really start until like two years ago when I, the things, things changed. I read some books, I did some learning and things changed to actually running a business, um, which there is a gap between what a business is and what uh, just buying some houses, right? And so I was buying houses and I was buying one or two a year, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't scalable, it wasn't a business. I was doing all the property management. I was doing everything. 
I was doing, I was putting trim in, I was running the whole thing. It was very labor intensive, um, but I've scaled the business so that now I can run it from a distance. Thanks, Ben. What a fantastic introduction. <laughs> yeah, you sound awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I do this all the time. <laughs> oh, man, you're good. That's a tough act to follow, man. Uh, Okay, oh, Darcy, tell Darcy. us about yourself. Yeah. Okay, my name is Darcy White. I'm uh, located out in uh, just outside of Vancouver in Langley, British Columbia. And uh, I've been doing this work for 20 years. Uh, 21 years ago, I was a primary school teacher in Scarborough in the Toronto, Greater Toronto area, Toronto District School Board. So it was a, quite a shift. Um, uh, let's see, we have roughly 500 residential units and 19 buildings in four provinces. And you think, why are you so spread out? Because we just chased where there's opportunity and deals. Um, we have uh, some malls and small towns and some uh, an office building as well. So we have a little bit of everything. But uh, the bulk of our work is in residential apartment buildings, which I love. I love everything about it. Um, so I came to this business from teaching primary school, uh, almost on a, a casual basis. My father-in-law was a realtor and a developer. And over a... Uh, barbecue in the summer when between teaching years uh, he I asked what he was going to do because he'd had some health issues and he said what are you going to do with your business and he said I don't know are you interested and I had never thought of it really hadn't honestly thought of it but I did give it some thought over the next five or six months and I have five brothers-in-law and he said well if none of them are interested I might be but there's no way I'm going to step on anyone's toes so after discussing it with them and others, I eased into the business managing his stuff. He had had some health issues and was uh, winding things up. He was incapable of the travel and the stress and the work involved in managing a small portfolio of malls. So I stepped in and started uh, grass green. Um, and from there, it just kind of built. I've got an enormous amount of energy. I'm kind of ambitious. And uh, I just am pretty persistent. So it just grows a little bit every year. And uh, yeah, so that's how, how we've done it. We raise capital, we find buildings, we finance them, we fix them, we make them attractive, we make them safe, we make them uh, profitable, we refinance them, give our partners their money back, they still retain their shares in them, and then we go on to the next one. Uh, so that's how we've been able to over several years accumulate them. Um, that's, that's our work. Back to you, Ari. Thanks, Darcy. Um, so my name is Aurelia. I go by uh, Ori, and uh, I started yeah almost uh, almost ten years ago. Um, I was uh, I used to work for a foundation, and uh, the money that allowed for the foundation to operate came from real estate. Um, the the person at the origin was a. a a mall developer. He developed malls uh, in Montreal and uh, in the Middle East, actually. And I find his story in very inspiring. And um, he went from nothing to uh, establishing a, an empire and uh, and then creating a foundation that that did purposeful work and uh, did a lot of funding for different projects in science and uh, different causes like. Uh, uh, like Friday likes or among others, and um, and I've I'd always been interested in uh, in real estate. So I 
I spent some time um, reading books, educating myself. Back then, the podcasts were not that big. Uh, so I started, I remember Don Campbell's book, uh, Real Estate Investing in Canada, um, gave me some uh, important information on how to do it. And a bit like Glenn, I'm, a, I'm an action taker and I, I took action. And my first property was a, was a fourplex. And and I, I went on and uh, I've accumulated some experience with um, seller financing, second mortgages, commercial lending. I also uh, bought with a partner a mobile home park in the US. So I have some experience with remote property management and mobile home parks. You know, those, those questions around, you know, park on homes, uh, tenant on homes and 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 the the shift the, the mindset shift was uh, was really key for me. So there was education, but there was I I also spent some time meditating and, and envisioning myself in the, the future me who would not be a, an a, an employee where I get I get told what to do. I would have to decide by myself uh, on my own, make my own decisions. I'd be responsible for them, the consequences of my decisions I would have to deal with. And so that was an important mindset shift. And so that's why I, I value so much uh, mentorship. And uh, I think it's, um, it's key if, uh, if one can get a, a mentor or, or at least, you know, have some conversations, some important conversations along the way where uh, you find people who are where you want to be and you talk to them and you ask for advice, you know. It can be single conversations, and yeah, and and today I'm I like the idea of sharing, sharing uh, about the journey, sharing with others, and uh, about uh, about my experience and uh, and being a facilitator, letting others also share about what they went through, and that's why I started a, a podcast um, called the Commercial Real Estate Podcast because. Uh, there is a big uh, is a big gap to get into commercial real estate, uh, and for the longest time, it's been uh, limited to uh, to some people. And I, my idea was to make it more accessible through uh, through knowledge, and uh, others are doing it as well. And uh, I hope I can contribute to it. And uh, in the same line of ideas, you know, there are now crowdfunding platforms, especially in the U.S., where you can invest in commercial real estate, and uh, yeah, you see a sort of democratization of uh, commercial real estate, and I, I'd like to be part of that movement. And yeah, I think that's all the relevant information about myself. <laughs> well, I think you touched on something that I, I believe that we've talked about since we've been meeting together, is the importance of just bouncing some ideas off of peers or people that have done something similar or done it before you. Um, you know, it's... It's hard to invent a wheel. Only one guy got to, but to follow someone else who's done the work or done something similar, you can riff off what they're doing or borrow or, um, or just try your ideas out. Sometimes they sound crazy when you speak them to yourself, but you speak them to someone else who knows what you're talking about. Uh, they can refine your ideas. And, um, you know, you talked about your mentors. I wouldn't be here without my father-in-law um, and some really generous people along the way that told me what they were doing and explained the why, the nuts and bolts and how. What I find appealing about chatting with you guys is you're doing the work, learning interesting things every time that give me some 
you know, meat to chew on after in the in-between week. Um, I hope that people listening to that get the kind of same idea. We're going to chew on some bones that maybe they've been thinking about and they can add to it. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the hope here. And you, you mentioned like when you're doing these like little chats, it's like, uh, it's clarity by talking. When I find I get more clear by saying it. If I have thoughts in my head, I've come up with some good ideas. But as soon as you start actually talking, especially people who are in, active in the business and you start bouncing ideas about what you want to do or what you're planning to do, or what you are doing, even if you're, you, you can sometimes go, man, there is a better way to do this now that I'm saying it out loud, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and just, just um, for years, I've bounced through different people, but I, accountability buddies um, are the cheapest mentorship you can get because you really, you, you find someone who ideally what I was always looking for was someone who's very active in real estate, but not necessarily doing the exact same thing as me. Mm -hmm. So even someone who's just in a different market. So there's never really a, a, a competition mindset because, you know, it slips in for some reason, even if you're like, there is no competition and there, but you know, it slips in, but find someone who is doing what you want to do or doing the same thing as you even at the same level um, to bounce ideas because you'll um, in the early days when I was not doing as many properties as I do now the hard part was you know oh I got this nine to five job and what did I do from this week to last week and sometimes you're like you wouldn't want to go on the meeting because you're like I got nothing to say that I did <laughs> and you dread it so you're like I gotta get you're like the day before I got to go through this checklist. I got to get all this stuff done and it would get stuff done. He's like, a lot of this stuff, it's just like, you know, doing some research, Mark, you know, looking at stuff and you talk about doing it, but it actually makes you do it. Now accountability. Yeah. yeah. I thought, you know, my wife, my poor long suffering wife is a very quiet introvert. I'm not, I talk all the time. My kids <laughs> just think I talk my poor dog. I walk that dog and I talk to that dog about deals or difficult conversations coming up because I'm a verbal processor. I have to hear it outside my head to hear if it sounds crazy. So the girls go, dad, you're mumbling again when I'm driving because I'm rehearsing a conversation that's going to happen in an hour while I'm dropping them off for school or you just got to, you know, I, I journal, I, I write a ton, but I do, I'm a verbal processor and you say something out loud, you're committing to it in one way, you're making it real. I'm, I'm not airy fairy, like I'm rubbing crystals on my forehead, but I am saying stuff and then making it happen. And, you know, if you're a person that's kind of of their word, your word is your bond, you say you're going to do something. If I tell my friend Steve, I'm going to do something, Steve remembers everything. He remembers every golf shot, every ski run, and everything I've ever said. So if I say to Steve, I'm going to do this, he will ask me in three months, have you done this? You know, it's a different form of accountability. He also, you know, keeps my scoring for golf as well. And how many vertical I'll ski in a day is very <laughs> accurate. I love, yeah, I love good. accountability. I love a good conversation about accountability. Sure. I have, uh, I've created myself uh, two structures where I, uh, so there is a Tuesdays at 5 p.m. And uh, it's with a fellow investor that I met uh, on, a, on a platform, on a chatting platform. And uh, she's investing in the U.S. So there is no, no, uh, no competition, like you said, Glenn. And the other system I have is with two friends of mine. We, we chat on a weekly basis. And then I told them, you know, I like, to, uh, I like to have somebody to send a list every Sunday night or Monday morning and be accountable for and... And uh, so we started three weeks ago and, uh, and now, and it's, it's helped me because I, 
my list was full of stuff at the beginning and I start, you know, to organize it more and more. I realized there are three silos now. There are three main objectives I have that uh, I want to focus on. So I make sure that I include tasks from each silo, each of the larger objective. And, and every Sunday without a fail, my friend uh, asked me, okay, so where, where do you stand with your, with your list? And uh, yeah. And apparently uh, I got this from bigger pockets, but 76% when they were talking about mastermind groups, uh, if you if you tell somebody you're going to do something, wording it uh, increases your chances of getting it done to seventy six percent. You have seventy six percent chances more to get it done. So, go accountability. <laughs> I love the list thing because, like, what I have is I have this list I keep going, and if you find that there's like an item on my list that just is always there, if you, you just never get past it, it's just stuck there. Like for me, I don't know, a couple years ago, my website, redo the website, was on there, and I have a background in doing websites, but I just didn't have time and I didn't want to do it. And you know what? Finally, sent it off, and a, a wonderful guy in India did an amazing job on it, and. Because it was, it's one of those things you're just like, it'll just haunt you for so long. And if it's sitting there for too long, it's not for you. Get someone else to do it. Exactly. <laughs> too, it's too big of a task. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's not a how, it's a who. Uh, you need to delegate. When, when it's a task that's been on your list for so long, like you said, Glenn, you just need to get someone else to do it. That's the conclusion. Yep. I'm the worst at that delegating, but I do, I do make tons of lists. So I'm holding up to the video here. I joined that Darren Hardy which I call my online cyber bully, his uh, productivity thing. And he's got his Sunday night uh, planning system where he says, you only can do three things good. Well, one of them's gotta be yourself. Second one's gotta be your family and your loved ones. Third one's gotta be your business. Mind your business, mind your family, mind yourself. Um, which is good for me because I have tons of interests. I can get involved on every rabbit hole. And if you've got a lot of energy, you can spend it everywhere and squander it too. So that's been one of my uh, recent over the last two years accountability thing, the Sunday night planning. What am I going to do for myself? Keep myself running. What am I going to do for my wife and kids and loved ones? And what work am I going to work to this week? It forces you, if you only got five spaces to put on there, you can't put on 10 crazy things, cross off five. You're going to have to only space for put five things on for this week. And, you know, be amazing. So I have a quote for that by Mark Zuckerberg. The thing I ask myself almost every day is, am I doing the most important thing I could be doing? That's tough. That's One tough. thing. But yeah, at least three. And those, yeah. Yeah, those areas are keys. Self-development, the family, and then the business. Yeah, yeah. Business-wise, what would you say is the most important thing you do? Or you can do two. No, uh, There's no rules. You can do 10. But for clarity, what are the two most important things that you do? Uh, right now, I'm working on a deal business-wise, and I'm thinking of uh, pursuing a business idea. So these are the two things I'm working on. Yep, yeah. I'd agree. It's uh, looking at finding deals and, uh, you know, talking to people, working, working your network, just not working, but like, you know, constantly staying in touch with everybody, which is, yeah. it's very time intensive, but it's, that, that's the business we're in. People call it real estate, but a lot of it's, it's all about people. Oh, tons. Yeah. It's all people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's um, this, for this season right now, it's keeping people, you know, our business running well. So keeping them safe. I tell my managers is collecting and selecting. That's their top two things. 
collect the rents and select good tenants. But for, for me right now, it's keeping everyone safe, whether they're working on jobs or so we got a lot of construction projects going. Um, and second one is um, just, I find lots of deals. I got to keep my network of investors informed and happy and growing. So spending time on them. And honestly, that part gets 15 to 20 minutes a week and the other stuff gets all the rest. You know, it's, it's, yeah, shameful. I'm ashamed. <laughs> it's brutal. Okay. Well, I think today was a great episode because it's, it's, it shows, it goes to show. So we plan to discuss, to introduce ourselves and then organically we end up talking about accountability and, uh, and what things are important for us to, to get done. So I think that's a fantastic example. And uh, sure. so we, we thought we would do episodes of 15 to 17 minutes. And I think uh, that's what we've done today. Yep. Yeah. So we're gonna, gonna thank everybody for listening and tuning in today. And we will tell you until next week. Absolutely.